This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Buck Off Podcast with Lane Grant. Hosted by Christopher Rennie and joined by Jordan Williams. Welcome everybody, this is your host Christopher Rennie for another episode of the Book Off Podcast with Land Grant Holy Land. And as always, I'm joined today by Jordan Williams. How are you doing today, Jordan? Uh, man, I'm doing good. Um, I'm doing good. It's another day. Gonna watch a crappy Thursday night football game. Um, I, I think that I'm living in a, um, a fever dream, though, because like, I could swear that Christmas is in two weeks, and that just doesn't, that doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels kind of like it, it's weird how close we are to Christmas. It doesn't feel like we're that close to Christmas. It does, like, does the holiday cheer feel down? Like, not to jump into like a holiday, you know, thing ten days out. It just doesn't feel like a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I haven't even like really begun to buy Christmas presents, so like, um, I mean, but like, you know, whatever. I guess, but yeah, it just doesn't feel like it. Um, my fiance is putting up the tree today. Uh, which is a, and she loves Christmas, so I just feel like it's kind of it just feels different this year. But I, I think it's because like it just came out of nowhere. Like, how is it ten days away right now? Yeah, honestly, time's moving too quick. Um, I know we say this on every show, but like it feels like yesterday, Ohio State was getting ready to play Iowa. Yeah, I, I really just don't understand what's going on right now. Yeah, this is it's been a little bit of a time warp. I, I don't like to talk about how fast time's moving sometimes. It's a it's like a very anxiety inducing thing when you really think about it. Like, man, it's already December. That's not something that you like to think about. Like what happened with September, October, November, December. And then the reason it induces so much is because we're like what, four weeks away from the end of college football, painfully. Yeah. Yep. That's horrible. Horrible. Uh, and the off season is so long. Like I know, you know, we try to take you all behind the curtain every once in a while. Um, it is so hard coming up with like show plans. Like the first couple weeks in the off season, easy. Like right, review of the season, uh, who we want in the transfer portal, review of the recruiting class. Um, like we do a position breakdown yeah, after that kind of stuff. Basically, like, after signing day, from signing day, the second signing day, honestly, to spring ball, it is. It's honestly, it, it's it's. <laughs> That's why it's, it's not an easy job. It is not, and we don't complain about it because it is kind of fun to come up with random topics to come up with. But yeah. I'm not ready for that yet, and we need to make the yeah. most of the content we have while it's getting printed out because, it, personally, we're going to talk about it today, but the off-season conversations, how is NIO going to change football? How is this going to do that? It's like eventually, once you get to July, it's like, we can't keep having the same conversation every single day. Mm, no, and I like we're. I, I don't want to talk about NIL anymore. Um, yeah, straight up. Like I don't I, know. Do, we don't. We're want talking to, about it today because I think it's hilarious. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my comment unless you want to jump into it right now. We can wait. No, nah, we can save it. We um, can save it. Let's soft tease. I think we got some bigger news first. It's not really news anymore, but big conversation topic this week. Um, but yeah, eh, time's moving too quick, so I think we should we should do this podcast in slow motion. Let everyone just enjoy it for a little bit longer. Um, but yo, before we get into Ohio State stuff. We do have the best time of the year starting tomorrow. Or I guess today while you guys are listening. It's bowl season. By the time some of you guys are listening to it, some teams from the Mac are going to be playing in the Bahamas. So that. that means for the next two weeks, whenever I'm working or doing something, there's going to be a college football game on. And that yeah, is something uh, I can live with. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, watching the World Cup at work, uh, which has been fun. Uh, so I, I know that's probably blasphemous to some of you. Some of you haven't got on the soccer wave yet. You should, but I'm not going to force it. You know, it's fine. Whatever. It's a good wave. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see you in, in like 10 years when your kids want to play soccer. Um, but like, I've been watching the World Cup at work. That's going to be fun. But you know what's going to be even funner? Football. Like, American football at work. Even better. Yeah, and it's always funny because, like, you get those random bowl sponsors and you could, like, really just get everyone kind of unified and like, yeah, no, this is cool. This is a big deal. Like, the Tax Slayer Bowl or, like, the Lockheed Martin uh, Armed Forces Bowl. Like, there's some big, big bowl games that aren't really actually big, but you can convince people. You can convince people. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't even, at this point, I don't even say the sponsors when I'm talking about them. Uh, I, I don't care. And they change so much. And like, like I yeah, use, there's two cheese bowls now. Yeah. I use attached, like, um, like, cautiously, because like, I don't really, really mean that you're attached, but like, you kind of get like attached to certain things, or you just know it by that name. And then they change it. And it's like, um, what is that? Like, I can't think yeah. of one right now. Oh, like the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. What the hell is the Fiesta Bowl now? Yeah, we have the Jimmy Kibble, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. So is it presented by Jimmy Kimmel or is it the Stifle? Who's like the actual sponsor? Like, yeah, Lending Tree it. Bowl. Like, that one's straightforward. I get it. Like, you're a Lending Tree and you're hosting a bowl game. I get that. The New Mexico Bowl. That's a good one. Frisco Bowl. Myrtle Beach Bowl. These are all straightforward. That's exactly how it should be. There was one I just read that was like um, Cricket Celebration Bowl. Like, what's that? Like, where's that at? What's that? Oh, I know what the Celebration Bowl is. I'm just saying, like, the cricket makes it confusing. Yeah. Oh, I, I just had to think about it. I really, my, I'm stupid. See, I really that's just what I did. I'm like, what is that? And then, and then I remember that, like, cricket is a phone company. Yeah, and it's like, all right, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. I guess the sponsorship makes sense. It's just like, I mean, I don't know. It's funny. I think bowl season's funny. I don't really think getting too in-depth onto the sponsorship in bowls is really that entertaining. But it is funny, like, thinking that there is a bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl in Yankee Stadium. Like, New York City doesn't have lawnmowers. No. But it's the presenting sponsor of the of the bowl game. That like that's just it's just weird. Honestly, this might this might make me seem dumb. But I didn't know what Valero was. I didn't know it was a gas station because we didn't have Valeros where I was from. So I just thought it was another word for the Alamo Bowl, like the Valero Alamo Bowl. I thought that's where it was or something. 
So now that you say it, I've definitely seen those before. But like, if you would have asked me, it wouldn't have registered that it was a gas station. Like, it would have just been like, I don't, I don't know. But I have seen those like in certain places. But yeah, it's like you said, it's not like a common thing. Like you just don't see those around. Like, hey, and, and, like I know the Sheets Bowl. You know, like yeah. I mean, there's not there, there's not a sheets bowl, but if there was, like, I know the sheets bowl, like, you know, I like, where's the uh, where's the BP bowl, like, yeah, and the, uh, honestly, like, I get wanting to sponsor a bowl game, but like, can we just make it the bowl name and then like presented by? We can't be the cheese at Citrus Bowl and then have another bowl game that's like, hey, we're the Music City Bowl presented by Trans Perfect, like. You have to like. I wish there was one defined way to do it, like the Capital One Orange Bowl. No, that's the Orange Bowl, and it's presented by Capital One. Yeah, that would be the best way to do it. Now there's a Cheese It Bowl and the Cheese It Citrus Bowl, and I know a lot of people. You know, there's like a lot of weird food things to eat, but I, I never would have planned on ever eating Cheese Its with citrus. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But I like I know and I, I know those are those commercials are very split. Like some people love I'm I'm in the fan. I love that when that cheesy commercial comes on. It's like we're feeling the cheesiest, coach. That one cracks me up. I say that randomly throughout the day, and my my girlfriend will look at me like I'm crazy, and I'll be like, I'm the cheesiest, coach. All right, but yeah, let's get into some business. Uh, this isn't news anymore. Keenan Bailey got promoted to tight ends coach, right? Um, I, I feel like he definitely deserves a positional role. He's been around the team. Uh, if you listen to any reporter who's tied into the program, they're like, yeah, he's been worked around. They've given him a bunch of different roles. They've given him a bunch of different titles to stave off, like offers from other schools. He stayed loyal, and this is their way to repay him. Now – I, I, I fully respect Keenan Bailey as a coach, and I really do think he is a rising star in the industry. I don't have any problems with him being the tight ends coach. And that is where that conversation stops um, for me. Where, what are your feelings about Keenan Bailey right now? I mean, I, I don't have strong feelings about him because, you know, you can only really know so much. Um, I believe that, you know, Ryan Day is a good offensive mind. So I believe that he can pick, you know, pretty solid coaches. So, like, in, uh, inherently, I, I kind of want to trust, right, um, and who they are and what they say. Um, I think the more important thing to me is that players like him. And, like, you just, like I read a story on him and you heard a lot of things about the players and how dedicated and all that kind of stuff he is. So, um I think that's great. I think my overall feeling about it, though, is I feel like at Ohio State, you should have a top five coach at every position. Um, and is he a top five coach in the nation? I don't know. Like, but well, and I guess it's not fair because he's young, but does he have yeah, top he five potential, right? Like, and and I don't for know. For a tight end coach, I think he does. Like, it's not like we're asking him to take the receiver. It's not like we're asking him to take the quarterbacks, a premier position, you know. He's taking the tight ends, and that's the one position I think on your team where you could kind of not forget about it totally, you know, but you don't necessarily need them to be elite to have a successful football team. But when you have really good tight ends, it makes your football team significantly better. Right. So that's really where you're going to be able to test what Keenan Bailey is as a position coach. Like if Ohio State's tight ends take another jump forward – um, 
which I feel like we've had some success recently with Jeremy Rucker, despite like our issues with the play calling. I can't blame Cade Stover for getting the ball thrown to him like nine times against Michigan in key situations. That's not on Cade Stover. Um, that's on the play calling. And I think Cade Stover has been a really good football player at the position this year. So I think the position room is in a good place. It's being recruited well. Big thanks to Keenan Bailey, who's been – What's his role right now? Assistant to the head coach or something? Like, yeah, ad- advisor technically. But to the like, head coach, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's done a great job in recruiting. He's done a great job in assisting in those places. And I'm sure he's going to have a title along those lines, especially if some of the promotions work out the way we're about to talk about. Um, and I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's a role that it's definitely a young coach role. Um Keenan Bailey fits that, and I don't think there's been a negative thing said about Keenan Bailey. Uh, I saw a tweet today about someone who got asked about it, and he said, yeah, Keenan Bailey is always working. He's a 24-7 guy, and, you know, all that stuff's nice and great, but it's more the one that the player said, like, if you called him at 3 in the morning, he'd he'd talk to you and he'd, like, coach you at 3 in the morning, like – that's the type of work ethic you probably need at his age to be a successful coach. And it's why coaching isn't for everybody because it takes that time at the beginning to earn the respect and build your way up. So you can be at the level he is at his age. Yeah. All I heard was he's single. Um, so shout out to him, I guess. Um, but like, no, like you're a hundred percent accurate. And that is why I got out of coaching. Not cause I wasn't, you know, that not that I wasn't dedicated, or maybe it is because I wasn't dedicated. Maybe it was that I didn't want to make that sacrifice. So, um, you know, but like I, I know what it's like uh, at a at a much smaller level, right? To I wouldn't say much smaller, but at an absolutely smaller level to have a coach say, "I, I know it's uh, eleven, but I'm coming in at five, and all the film better be finished and and the way I like it, and all the play like you know for people who don't know this." Film is just film. You have to go in and input everything. Like they want input to formations know for formation, plate call, coverage, they want to know play down call. and distance, all of that. So like you have to go through the film. Personnel, you have to go through the film. This is eleven personnel. This is yeah. boom. It's first and ten. It's here. It's this. It's, it's that. That for every single play, you have to like delete time. Well, depending on the coach, but for most of them, you have to delete timeouts. You have to delete penalties or like mark that this is a wasted play. It's a penalty. You can skip it. So um, that's at like Kent, right? I can't imagine yeah. what they're asking for at Ohio State. So, um, yeah, like you, you have to be that dedicated. And I think that's props to him. I, I think, you know, I think the thing that we're dancing around that we're going to get to shortly when we change is our problem's not with him. It's kind of what it, what the rest of it means. But for him, yeah, I'm happy for the opportunity. And I think that it's kind of hard to be a worse tight end coach than Kevin Wilson. So, Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, you – we, we complain, and we've talked about how Ohio State's staff outside of some specific coaches is on the older side. Like, this is, like, even though he's been brought up in the Ohio State support system and that Ohio State staffing system, like, he's still a young coach. He's still learning. He's still got his own things to work out. But, like, that's going to be an invigoration. And the younger guys are the guys who want to get out and recruit. They're the guys who want to get out and show themselves in every single way. And I think that's something – that once you get him on the staff, it's going to be he's, – he's going to be an energizer bunny a little bit for the staff. 
Yeah, and I think I didn't think about that, but I think that's a uh, first of all, he's married, so shout out to his wife because <laughs> you you have to. Um, she's doing the Lord's work. Like you have to. Yeah, I mean, for I guess, a young coach, like. For every coach, it is a lot of work, but for a young coach specifically who hasn't reaped the rewards of like a high end offensive coordinator position or something along those lines yet, like it's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, so I mean, hey, she, she's um, hopefully he takes her on a, on a crazy shopping trip because what, what did Brian Hartline make coming in? He made like 150, 170 something, like it was significantly less than everyone yeah. else. But it was still like very much six figures. He's gonna come in probably at 150, 125, something like that. Uh, I think so he's it, probably already there with his new position. He's probably gonna get him to like the threes. So good for him. Uh, I I, they're not gonna give him three because they didn't give Brian Hartline three. Yeah, well, I and, think and he was Brian Hartline. So like this might be this might be me projecting. So I think we move into the next conversation. But I think I think he's gonna end up with an additional title. And it's going to have an R in front of it, and it's going to have a C in the second word. I think he's going to be the recruiting coordinator. Oh. Uh, okay. Because I think one of the guys on the staff who uh, – I'm pulling up the Ohio State staff. I, I like. I know – I feel pretty comfortable that I know all their roles, but um, – Just to be safe. Just to be safe. Um just so I don't get any titles wrong, because that's one of the worst things. I hate when I get like corrected after this, just because I didn't say it. I said assistant head coach or like instead of associate head coach. But yeah, all right. So, also, Kenan Bailey's twenty seven. So like, yeah. like unless Ryan Dage is entirely there, there is no this way up, which that you, makes me feel good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, listen. Um, unless Ohio, unless Ryan Day just totally messed this up, being a full time position coach at Ohio State at twenty seven, he's like again you. He's on the head room. coach at thirty path right now. Yeah, like you have to give room for it to to, to be a mess up. But he's very much on the offensive coordinator at thirty, right? Uh, head coach by thirty four path. Like that's crazy. So is Corey Dennis, uh, right? Maybe it was going to take Corey Dennis a little bit longer because people don't respect him because you know he's the quarterbacks coach when Ryan Day's the quarterbacks coach. But like that, like this may be something, or it could be a huge mistake. I'm gonna lean on the positive. There's a, there's enough negative going on around in my head about certain things. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we don't technically have a recruiting coordinator according to Ohio State's website. You've got passing game coordinator Brian Hartline, wide receivers coach, uh, former offense coordinator Kevin Wilson, tight ends coach. This is current, not like in a few in a month or so. Uh, secondary coach, cornerbacks coach Tim Walton. Uh, that explains a lot, actually, now that I'm Whoa. looking at that. Secondary coach Tim Walton, secondary struggled. Maybe we switch that role to Perry Eliano, and he's secondary coach, safety's coach. That's offseason talk. Um, we've got defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, assistant head coach for offense, Tony Alford, run game coordinator, running backs coach. That's three titles. That's how he's getting paid so much. Larry Johnson, associate head coach, defensive line coach. There's no recruiting coordinator, so I think – I think Keaton Bailey might snag a title there. Um, and then that takes us into it. All right. So the news from last week that we got into, Kevin Wilson got hired as Tulsa's head coach. Good for Tulsa. Not really, but good for Tulsa. Uh, thank you, Tulsa, I, I would say, for most Ohio State fans, except a few who randomly started liking Kevin Wilson at the end. Uh, that was weird to me. But Kevin Wilson's gone. There are three coaches on the staff that are probably 
in the on the edge of getting a promotion, right? Because now the reason, the thing me and George have been dancing around, there are 10 full-time staffers allowed in college football until the new NCAA legislation happens, which I don't know when that actually officially is. But for now, there's still 10 coaches allowed on your staff as full-time position coaches and coordinators. What is the new thing coming? Yeah, I don't know what day that's. I don't know no, when that what, started. What is it? What is it exactly? Uh, like they're changing the limit to amounts. I don't think there's going to be a limit on like full time staffers you can have. So, uh, side, just just you know, we don't count people's pockets. I just wanted to see. Uh, Parker Fleming makes the is the the least paid coach at three hundred thousand. So I probably came in way under. Yeah, I don't no, think he's three hundred, but he might at least one seventy five. Uh, one seventy five. That's the thing for sure. I think he's already making like that much. Like not to pocket watch, like you said, we're not pocket watching. I think he's actually already pretty close to making that much. I want to see if I can find out. Now I'm interested. How much do you get paid as a special advisor to the head coach? Well, it's not a real position. Like that's like a made up role. So. Yeah, it's a made-up salary. It, it, so but, I don't know if this is accurate, but what I what I see is he makes one hundred and fifty thousand. Jesus, one hundred fifty thousand dollars to be a special assistant to the head coach? Like, come on! Like, I, I, hey, I, I messed special up. advisor sorry. to the head coach. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go apologize to my fiance. Like, you know, I know you would have never seen me for like eight years, but like, I could have been 27, and make 150 thousand dollars, being a special assistant to the head coach. Like, what the hell is that? Like? Yeah, and you know, hindsight. Let's I, decided, be I, I would have that money by myself. She wouldn't still be here. Like, that's it's a very, 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 very hard career. <laughs> like, it, it yeah, takes that's a like, lot out of. People. That's not like a career you can start dating someone and then like work into it like without the expectations already established like because your life changes so much as you get promoted as you get more stuff. That's like when you're already a coach. They have the expectations set because that's like how it started. And then you move on from there for all you future coaches in America and current yeah, coaches. Uh, very much. It, it's very much like a, uh, and I don't say this like negatively, um, coaches' wives are very much, not all, but in a lot of cases, teachers, nurses, or stay-at-home wives. Uh, because teachers, nurses, and stay-at-home wives can quit their job and have a job anywhere, right? Like if you're in like a niche field, right? Like you can't, you can't find a job in Iowa, right? Like you're not going to find a job in, in, in Manhattan, Kansas. Like you're not going to find a job in Athens, Ohio. You know what I mean? But there's always a hospital. There's always a school. There's always the house that you live in if they're making a lot of money. So obviously like that, like, you know, I'm not trying to generalize and say that every single one of them. Yeah, they, like, those are the types of careers a lot of times that you have if you have a career because, like, it's hard to, yeah. be, like, had a job today. Like, I've been thinking about, um, what is it, Manny, Manny, whatever his name is. He was a coach in Philadelphia or whatever for, like, a month. And then yeah, Manny Diaz. Switched. Like, what do you think his wife did? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't it's know. one of those things. And there is so much money involved that it, like, takes that a little bit of stress out of it but like yeah it's yeah not to generalize everybody but it is it is a sacrifice you have to make a lot of sacrifices and that's really the main point here and yeah no i think 
that's it's it's tough. It's a tough role. Uh, let's get into our big thoughts though here. Um, Ohio State's offensive coordinator vacancy. It's going to be filled by one of Brian Hartline, uh, Justin Fry, and Tony Alford. Uh, well, probably two out of the three, right? Like I'm assuming they're going to be a co-offense coordinator type of deal. Ryan Day is still going to call the play, so we're not going to get our wish there. Uh, maybe it's better now um, that he gets more control. Like Maybe he's not debating with Kevin Wilson as much. Maybe he's not like – giving respect away as much in the same way as he probably could have been. But I mean, this is all, um, this is all just side talk. Like let's get to it. Like Justin Fry, I think is the most likely fit. I think this was always part of the plan with Justin Fry. I think we've said it since Justin Fry got here. He was already the offense coordinator at a power five school. He kind of took a lateral step to be the offensive line coach at Ohio state. And Honestly, that might even be like, uh, like unless you had some semblance of, like, I have a chance to be the offense coordinator here in a couple of years, whether it's through Kevin Wilson retiring or taking another job, you probably don't leave an offensive coordinator vacancy without some. Not, I'm not saying Ryan Day promised him anything. I'm just saying without some consideration of that aspect to it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you either think that there's room to grow here or that it's a quick promotion somewhere else, right? Um, and like, like there are some people, right, who want to be position coaches forever, but like you said, he was offensive coordinator. So to come here, again, you don't want to imply that he promised something, but he had to have seen some kind of update and update for his career, some kind of furthering of his career. And I, I don't see him being passed up for that job and being happy about that. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I'm at with it. I think he's got the experience. I think he's definitely the most qualified candidate to be the offense coordinator at Ohio State. And that's not to knock like any of the other coaches on the staff. It's like he's actually done the job before. He's actually coordinated an offense. And it's one thing I was listening to uh, Jeremy Birmingham and Austin Ward talk about it. They like alluded to the fact that Justin Fry comes from the same coaching tree with Chip Kelly and is already basically verbatim speaking similar thoughts conceptually and like having similar ideas. And, you know, just like, it's not that they have like the same vision for the offense. It's that like, when you say this is X and this is Y happens, like, you kind of get the terminology and all that stuff immediately. And that's not something you could really like trade, you know, honestly. So I think that's something that really is appealing to, to Fry being the offensive coordinators, his familiarity with the concepts and philosophies that Ryan day came up with. Cause he was coming up to the same program. Yeah, for sure. And I, I made the, I made the joke that like, cause although I do think some people think this far ahead, um, and this is probably what needs to happen with Corey Dennis sometime soon, but I made the joke that Ryan Day placed, um, Justin Fry on um, Chip Kelly's staff so that when he brought him to Ohio State, it, uh, it like people didn't complain about it because it looks better to say I was the offensive coordinator at UCLA under Chip Kelly than to say I was the offensive line coach at Boston College. 
And yeah, again, like, absolutely. He, like he denied it, and, and who knows that he thought that far ahead, but we do know it exists because John Harbaugh just did that. He sent his guy who was, you know, a cornerbacks coach, whatever. He wasn't a defensive coordinator. He sent his guy to Michigan, got the defensive coordinator title, won the Big Ten, had a great defense, got a couple people drafted, and immediately brought him home and made him defensive coordinator. So we do know that coaches do this to legitimize people, to get them experience, to get them some things that you just can't do in your program, right? Because you can't give a guy who's never called plays – you can't fire Wink Martindale and give the job to a guy who never called plays. But you can fire Wink Martindale and give a guy the job to a guy who immediately turned down Michigan's defense, led to their best season ever until this year, um, had multiple first-rounders, multiple sack guys, all of this other kind of stuff. Then you can say, see, look at what he did. So I don't know if Ryan Day did that, but what it, do I think he did it? Probably. Um, <laughs> because how else did Justin Fry go from Boston College to, you know, California, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, um, and if it's not like that that. foresight, it's definitely like, hey, like this guy worked with me, he was really good. I'm going to Ohio State to take this job. Like, you can take him with you whenever you land on your feet, Chip Kelly at UCLA, and boom. And that's how a lot of the coaching works. Like, that recommendation, like, you trust it. And I think even if Ryan Day was doing it for the short term to help a coach that was on his offensive staff. Like you still think long term, and you're like, man, like we had a good relationship when he's at Boston College. He's picked up a few new tricks. So I, I do think there's a lot of positives to Justin Fry. I really do. Yeah, at minimum, <clears throat> excuse me, at minimum, Justin Fry was on the list because every coach has a list uh, of guys that they want to work with, guys young, old that they grew up, whatever it is, however they're connected. Every guy has a list at minimum Justin Fry was on the list at maximum Ryan Day orchestrated the whole thing because he knew he was going to bring him here eventually um yeah it's one of those debates now we're having where it's like Ryan Day can't figure out how to make a play call in the third quarter of a big game but yeah we're he can orchestrate long term hey there's less pressure in that situation though honestly and that like I don't want to spiral into that but that's why always say like it's hard to quit Ryan Day because there there are things that he just does very, 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 very well. You cannot tell me that, like, okay, you cannot tell me that Ryan Day is ever going to have a quarterback that is not a first round pick. Yeah, they're all good. He recruits them well. You cannot tell me that. There are two guys in the country, two guys in the country you can say that about. Guaranteed you can say that about. It's Ryan Day and it's Lincoln Riley. That's it. Maybe, That's it. maybe, maybe uh, Sarkeesian gets there because a lot of people like Sarkeesian as a quarterback guy. I haven't followed his uh, career enough yeah. to know for sure. He had back to back first rounders too. Uh, as an OC, uh, Tua and Alabama guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tua and yeah. what's the other guy? I got Mac Jones. Yeah, but like Mac Jones sucks, and and people hated Tua in the league. Yeah, and, and now he just has like, a coach who like you know. Tyreek, it's less about that. It's like, hey, you've developed quarterbacks that got right, you. It's right, like when right, people were right, saying right. Justin Fields sucked, yeah. and now they're letting him cook, and he's good now. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I that's, don't think Mac Jones has that in him. Yeah, because you can't. Because he can't run a four three. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't guarantee that they're going to be good in the league. It's about getting them there. So yeah, like, so I'm not ready to give it to Sark yet. I need to see what he does with Quinn. But there's so I'll give it two and a half. There's two and a half guys in the country you can say is guaranteed to have a first round pick. And honestly, you really can't. Even, I guess like. You can't say you can't even entirely say that with Lincoln Riley because he hasn't developed the first round pick. Caleb is absolutely going to be that, so it's like you know, just give it to yeah. him. But all of his other first round picks have been transfers, and the first guy that he got a chance to develop sucks. Except when he's playing Tennessee. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't get where that one was at first. So yeah, John Spencer. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we 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 we're all Spencer Rattler fans. Didn't you see that? Didn't you see him on Kidney One? Loved it. Great personality. Great person. I mean, loved, absolutely. There, there <laughs> yeah, Jack Miller isn't better than him. <laughs> Overall, good guy, right? Like you know, there, there's nothing bad you could say about him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> top so, joke. Yeah. <laughs> High quality character. There's two and a half coaches in the country you can say that about. But at the same yeah, time, you know, when he, you he dropped the number. <laughs> when you dropped the number, I didn't think you were wrong, but I was trying to think of other coaches and I'm like, no, there just aren't any. There aren't. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. Like, and that's just really the case. It is, like, honestly. Like, think about it, right? Jim Harbaugh had Andrew Luck. He hasn't had no one else. They call him a QB whisperer. Uh, not yeah, a Georgia's like, quarterbacks yet, right? I mean, it's not going to be Stetson Bennett. Zion um, Stetson. So, uh, you can't name a person. Out. You can say Alabama, but, like, you can't name a person because they cycle. And maybe the last two or whatever, like, uh, think about it. Like, you know, Josh Allen's quarterback coach. Who was that? We don't know. He hasn't no. done it again, right? Um, like, there's just there's not another person that's at that level currently. Um, and I think yeah. it's going to stay like that because why would you go anywhere else, right? It's not Josh Heupel. Maybe, maybe it becomes him. But, like, I don't, I don't yeah, think Yeah, we have to see him with a, not a 25-year-old quarterback. Yeah, right? Like, we have to see him with uh, Nico. I, I am a little – I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say I am a Yeva. Um, I am a Yeva. Yeah. Nico it's, and some other people. So, it's like, right now, it, it's two and a half. It's two and a half. Hey, and Sarkeesian hey, can, can earn that with Quinn Whoever and plays, with Arch. Yeah, whoever plays quarterback next for Ohio State going to be a first-round pick. Whoever yes. Lincoln Riley ends up starting after Caleb Williams going to be a first-round pick. And I think, and like, don't get me wrong, they're recruiting high level players, and it's really just about maximizing their ceiling. But there's a reason. And but, but that's it's, true. It's, it's actually not even that, though, because like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I say that all the time. One of the podcasts I was listening to over the summer because people just need content, they were going through the five star quarterbacks who actually made it to the NFL, and it is very slim. Like yeah. it, they, it is it, not. It is far from good. And most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are like freaking three and four star guys, right? Like Josh Allen was a five star, right? Justin. Who, um, uh, it Justin, is interesting. What's, that, what's the guy for the Chargers? Uh, Justin uh, Herbert, Herbert wasn't a five star. Uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't a five star. Uh, Tua maybe, maybe. Oh no, Tua was like fringe. He, he was not a five star okay. though. He was like uh, right outside. Tom Brady, not a five-star. Russell Wilson, not a five-star. Geno Smith, not a five-star. Uh, who are some other – who are the five-star quarterbacks? Like, I, Yeah, what, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, um, maybe like uh, – Mac Jones uh, was a four-star. Matthew Stafford. Stafford was. 
Cause I think well, Stafford and he was a little the, early. I think I yeah. think Stafford is the first five star quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and like it's easy, like we can always get into that math and like how it checks out, but it really isn't guaranteed. But yeah. when and that's kind of the thing where like you also see this child's a three star. Just saying, just saying. Yeah. He's a three star. He was. And he's gonna be a first round pick. So it's not That's just development. Yeah. Where did where did CJ Stroud start when Ohio State offered him and where did he end up? That's all I gotta say. Right. That's the math you need to do. That's development. Yeah. Um all right. And then yeah, Brian Hartline, Tony Alford, like come on. Ugh, like, no. Here's here's the thing. Um I'm very upset because Kent State, I I, I wrote this jokingly, right? I said Kent State head coach. Uh, Tony Alford. Here's the thing. He, let's do a blind resume. And, and this is just follow me because this is going to be a terrible bit, but it is what it is. Kent State hired a black running backs coach from the Big Ten. But it wasn't Tony Alford. <laughs> it's just like, man, like, like we were so close. They fought, they, and, and, and I think he had the associate head coach title. Like they just, they just, they just missed one. It, it's like, like whatever your criteria was, Tony fit it, and, and you just you went to Minnesota to get the guy. He was he was two and a half hours away. What's up? So yeah. um, <laughs> he's from the area. <laughs> like yeah, like I don't, I don't know what we do it. Like I literally saw that he was an associate head coach and running backs coach, and I was like, I was like, are you serious? Like, like this was the mode you were looking for, and, and you don't take Tony Alford from us. Like, come on. Like, like he's getting yeah. older. How many well, more opportunities does he have? Right. Like, it's also like, like, and I'm not saying he doesn't want to be a head coach, but also it's like he's getting paid like what close to eight hundred thousand dollars, and what Kent State was paying Sean Lewis like four hundred twenty five thousand dollars. If that, like that, like it, yeah, that's the thing. He, it, he absolutely it, it, wasn't going to Kent because they can't afford him. But like, <laughs> and that's where he's at. Like, it's like, is it worth like being a head coach and taking a pay cut to do like ten times the work for like? Well, he's not going to have to take a pay cut, right? He just can't go to the Mac. The Mac is broke yeah. boys. Like, just straight up, they're broke boys. Sean Lewis might be make is probably making more. He's going to make more Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's just like the Mac conference is no longer the coaching carousel, right? It's no longer the cradle of coaches. Although technically that that phrase belongs to Miami of Ohio because they have like a couple Hall of Fame coaches, but it's no longer the cradle of coaches. The game's changed with that for ground, sure, right? So, but like he could go to like. You know, Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt teams, Colorado, who was with me. And like, he can go yeah. to like those types of schools and make the Mountain money. West, but the American Conference back. are probably the two he could actually like go to and get as a pay bump, honestly. Because he's probably not going to become a million dollar coach at Ohio State. Like, what other title can you give him? Yeah, offense coordinator, that's it. And then he's peaked. Um, but yeah, no, and then Brian Hartline, it's like we said it before the show, he's been coaching for four years. He's been in the NFL, so I guess there's that. Um and I and, and I think I, I think if it's Justin Fry and Brian Hartline, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, because if it's Justin Fry and Brian Hartline, the Brian Hartline thing is the the pass game coordinator. It's just a title, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it's fine for him to learn how to do it and and, and right have some more responsibility and that kind of stuff. You just can't definitely proven to be when he hasn't done anything. He's definitely proven to be like a smart enough guy, and we see his receivers like they are good. Um, and I, I think that's something that. I like definitely undervalued when I was talking about this job role in position vacancy, but 
it's one of those things like I don't think he could just be the OC. I don't think he can do that. No, because he, like, like, listen, I'm not trying to be negative, right? Here's the thing that I know for a fact working with players. Not everyone is smart, right? Like think of all the people on ESPN who are former players. Like not everyone is smart. Not everyone can do that job. It is, it is different to be singularly focused on one thing and be great at that versus having to know how the entire machine works, right? Like if, like if you look at coaching football like uh, a machine, right, like a, a factory, it is easy, right, to pick up the door, put it on the car, let the machine put in the bolts, right? It's easy to pick up whatever. Like, you know, it's easy to move one job forward and you, perf- and you perfect that job. It's not easy to design the machine. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like any, code like, the machine. Yeah. Like, like design how all the parts go together. Like you yeah, can learn a part and be excellent. You can be the best person at that one part of it. But to design it is a whole nother level. And I'm not saying I'm not predicting this, but he could just as easily be the guy that just left. The guy that's at Cincinnati right now, right? Like, he was great at one thing. He was great at corners. He was great at energy. He was great at putting first-round picks in the league. Like, he was amazing at that. One of the best. Maybe one of the best ever. You you, you asked him to design the machine. He couldn't do it. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that that would be hardline, but Ohio State is not a place to test things out. Yeah, and that's like a lot of people complain about Ryan Day learning on the job, right? Like we can't have another person learning on the job. Like you can't complain about Ryan Day learning on the job as a head coach and then be like, yo, you got to give these guys chances to show what they can do. It's like, so you need to keep that same energy with every single level of the position. And it can't be, well, he's the head coach. He needs to do this and that. It's no, it's like there's going to be growing pains. Do you want that with your offense coordinator as well? I don't. Uh, and honestly, I think it's disingenuous, right? Like, because when Brian Hartline wanted to coach or he, he stepped into it, you wouldn't even give him the job. Like, he was like a, an intern, essentially, because he'd never coached before. You didn't give a position to one of, if not the greatest linebacker in Ohio State history. He had to go to Notre Dame because he'd never coached before, right? You can't tell me there wasn't any interest, so there had to be a reason that they didn't do it, and they didn't. So to, to do those kind of things, right? Keenan Bailey, seven years, seven years on the job, right? Yeah. Seven years, and you had to give him a fake title so he wouldn't leave before he got there. The other Keenan Bailey did have to leave. He's at Akron. I can't think of his name right now, but he's at Akron. He's a quarterback's coach, right? Like, yeah, you, they had to put in the time, so it, it's disingenuous to let a guy who's never done it be a guy for three years, and just because you don't like Ohio, it's Ohio State, you can't be afraid of someone leave. Go get the next person. Yeah, and 100%. Is, I want to be clear. What, 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 like, Hear me right, because y'all don't really be hearing what I'm saying. I'm not advocating for Brian Harlan to not be on the staff. I'm saying don't give him something he hasn't earned or won't be good at just because you're afraid that he's going to leave. Those yeah, are you can't things. make decisions based in fear. Because like If you interview candidates and you bring people in, you're like, actually, like I still think he's the best fit for the job, then you know what? Full on, that's your choice, right? Yep. But and that's but you got to be able to back up that decision, at least yeah. internally, because you're not going to tell us. You're going to go to the media and just say some BS. But like, like you got to yeah. be able to back you it up. Gotta look, 
You got to look at everyone else you didn't promote internally and tell them why. And I think there is plenty of a resume for it. I just think that it's just like it's it's not short sighted. It's not anything like that. It's more like you're making your bed this way and you got to sleep in it. And if you didn't do your due diligence and look for the best people on the outside and you decided to give it to someone you trust already, that's fine. But then that's a decision you made and you have to live with it. Yeah. Cause ultimately people are going to leave. And if you don't leave, you become Clemson, right? You become Bama. And I just said, that's a weird thing to say, but I'm talking about today's Bama where they're stale. Like I'm still like Bama's not playing for an important game. Why haven't they fired their offensive defensive coordinator yet? Yeah, what that ain't, that's not a good look for them right now. Like you know, like so I, I just you can't like like you said you said it perfectly. You can't make decisions in fear. Not at Ohio State. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. And I, I think the staff's gonna work itself out. I think. We I, I don't know if it's an overreaction. Like Ohio State still had a top five offense in basically every category. It's just some in-game decisions and those types of things need to get cleaned up. And I think that's something you can work on. Sounds like you won my my 2023 slogan. You went on the margins. Yeah, went on the margins. Let's get into the details. Uh, With those details, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our uh, thoughts on the broke-ass college football program that is Ohio State. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Alrighty, welcome back in everybody. This show is Christopher Rennie bringing another episode of the Buck Off Podcast. We've got a few things to talk about, and I know the lead into the break was about the brokenness of Ohio State's program and not the program itself. It is the NIL aspect of the Ohio State program, and it is in shambles in every single way you can say it. Uh, I know the jokes have shot out, and I know, like, I, I mean, it's not something where I, I feel like I'm making this like powerful enemy by saying it. But if we look at the way the foundation was set up, it is not an organization that breeds confidence among the people following it for reasons, you know, like, uh, you know, it's not that I'm not saying they're not trying. I'm not saying they're not working hard, but it is definitely not a group that people probably trust with their money. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't trust them personally. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's, that's me. So, I think, and I'm not, yeah, you go ahead. I just, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where you're going to go with this. Um, I'm not, even, I'm not even sure that they're broke, any of that kind of stuff. I really don't care, right? I think it's a very, 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 very bad sign to be begging for money on Twitter. Yeah, like, that I mean, just looks bad. Like, that just, so, like, that just looks bad. Like, what are we doing? Here? Come on now. Like, like, all of you have seen someone on your Twitter, like, post their cash app or, you know, that one guy who always gives away the money. And, like, I'm not saying, like, don't try to go win money. But there is a connotation with it when you go and you beg for money. It is not 
I I don't want to like because there are times where people are in need. I want to be thoughtful about how I say this, but it is one of those things where there is a connotation with begging, right? And it's like you go work for it and you go like to go get a job type of people are the same people who are like kind of running this foundation, right? Um, I, I, I think the foundation here is doing its best, right? And I don't even know if that's true because I don't know what the best is, uh, but I know what the best isn't, and it's not yelling at fans. And when someone says, what's the plans for the NIL money and how is this going to work, saying, well, you haven't donated and like tweeting like, oh, looks like in our database, you haven't provided any money. That's not a good look. That is not a good look. Um, and I think that to me is a worse look than the begging for money is shaming fans in comment sections for not having donated. Yeah. And I don't think that's my job. <laughs> like I'm not donating <laughs> to this program. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm not like you, hey, you're not gonna get no money they, from me unless you get some money from Buckeye Corner. Like you, you'll get some money off them licensing deals, but I ain't giving you no. I saw Jay Booker, whoever, talking about oh, what they need to do is they need to get fans to do set up an ACH month, payment, ACH payment each month. No, <laughs> set it and nah. forget it. Like, and that's like it's okay. Like you can set that up and do that, and it's actually it's really really smart. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> yeah, and there are fans who would love to provide that 10, 25, you know, like you put those do- monthly donations in in like a subscription way and you get that money there and they pay out the players. But that's not going to be enough to make up the distance. And I don't care about all your projections like, oh, I don't even know where you guys get the numbers of Ohio State has X amount of fans in the nation. Like if everyone donated five bucks, they'd get like $100 million. It's like, you're probably right. But I know for a fact, a lot of people aren't parting with $5 on a month-to-month basis to support Ohio State's football program. The amount of work it takes to go to a website and put your credit card in is a detriment enough for people to not donate money. So that is why the plan doesn't work. The reason this is tough is because where you see Georgia, where you see Miami, where you see these schools who are going hard, Texas A&M, they have local businesses and they have all those people as graduates, as people who formerly went to the school, like I was reading about Georgia's, um, they have a great grassroots movement that provides like the smaller deals with like less key players. You want a five-star quarterback. You want a Caleb Downs. That's coming from a Coca-Cola executive in Georgia. That's like a million getting donated that year to a Georgia's football program because in the worst sense, and I hate using it, it just means more to them in that area. Like, well, I don't know. I, I, I know Georgia cares about academics. It's a good school. It's a top 50 U.S. News and Reports school. But at Ohio State, the people working at the L brand stores, the people working at the big conglomerates in the country, they would much rather donate to something where they get rewarded for it and not pay for a quarterback. It's not, it's just a mindset thing at the university. There are so many things to get named after you. And if you put enough money in, you're going to get your name on something important at Ohio state. And that's just the truth. 
Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I agree and disagree. I'm not sure that Georgia is the best example because I – like, and I could be wrong on this. I think Georgia operates like Ohio State. I think Bama operates like Ohio State. These big schools aren't throwing the money like that. They're just not because, oh, like, it's, it's, it's not, about the Georgia's, culture and, like, some of Georgia's these things. Georgia's not doing like, it like Texas A&M. They're yeah, not. So, but what I will say – and I don't even know that it means more. I think you got to understand. They're – very, 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 very huge benefits of Ohio State being in Columbus. With those benefits comes a lot of negatives. And why does that come with a lot of negatives? Because when you're in Athens, Georgia, when you're in Starkville, Mississippi, when you're in wherever the hell Auburn is, like, there's nothing else. There's, 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 there's literally just nothing else, right? Yeah. Huntington, like, like, this is not a secret. This is out there. Huntington and all these people are funding my job, right? Like, we have a program for students where students at Columbus City Schools can go to Columbus State for free for six semesters. They're helping fund that as well as other businesses. There are other things to pay for in Columbus outside of Ohio State. And then when you get to Ohio State, because it's like you were just heading at, because it's so big, it's, one, it's a top three or five school in the country size-wise as just like physical size of campus size of student population there's a million buildings there's a million dorms you have the hospital you have six hot like nationwide nationwide is not giving the money because they have nationwide's children's they have like nationwide also sponsored programs at my job like there are just so many and other things it, to do and pay for and to care about and they also are still putting that money in like yeah. that's like the and thing. so it, it's hard to say, like, if you're a business owner in Tallahassee, Florida, right? Or uh, where's where's you, where's UF at? Uh, Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida. Closest near city is Jacksonville. You don't got shit to do. You, you just don't. You don't have nowhere else for your money to go. You just, you don't. Columbus, you do. Yeah. Like, it, like, there's so many schools. There's so many opportunities. There are things being built. So I think that's one of the negatives. And... Also, with Columbus being a big city, you have people who aren't connected here, right? One of the yeah. negatives of Ohio State being so big is you have people who come from California, the all these other kind of places. And sure, they love the Buckeyes when they get here, but when they go back home, they're USC fans because they grew up in California during the Reggie Bush era. They came here for school because Fisher College of Business was a great school, or this or that, and then they went back home. Like you don't get like, and, and I, I know there's a lot of people from Columbus this that like you know that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say there's nobody. I'm just saying, like, you don't get all of those things sometimes because Ohio State is such a big, like, you can boast that you have alumni all over the country, but those alumni are all over the country, yeah. which means they're not in Columbus giving money. Like, that's just, how, just how it goes. To be honest, this is something that I think people forget about as well, is Ohio State is one of the biggest brands in the country. Right. Uh, CJ Stroud is doing fine, NIL money-wise. Like, it's the recruit promises, right? And I think it's a hard sell to some people that, hey, we're not going to write you a $250,000 check. But when you get to Ohio State, there will be plenty of businesses and opportunities for you to make $250,000. Like that is a different sell. That is a different sales pitch. And I, for one, understand where some of these players – Coming from some of the backgrounds they do would be like, yeah, you know what, four hundred fifty thousand. Let's get that check. Let's get it cleared, and then I'll be at Texas A and M. And then guess what happens? The check clears. Promises were made. They don't go as well. 
And now they're gone. They're in the portal. And that is something that where I think the NIL stuff's overblown is this is new. It's fresh. And I don't care what this John Ruiz guy is saying. They could get as many people at Miami. That doesn't mean they're going to win football games. Yeah. It takes a lot more than money to win football games. And Mario Cristobal is a non-serious coach, so they're not going to win football games. Um, I I do have like a a question because I think people are forgetting this too. If we lose a player – to Alabama, if we lose a player to Georgia, if we lose a player to Texas, if we lose a player to USC, some of these things, that's not all NIL related, right? Like, it's we not, lost that linebacker no. to USC makes no sense. Why the hell are you playing for Alex Grinch? But why does Alex Grinch still have a job? We're going to talk about it. Just ask him. Yeah, uh, that's, a t- that's, that's not NIL. USC has been complaining about NIL for since it started. Now, when you lose a player to Miami, that's really quick. Texas A and M, like, like, because here's the thing: we were never getting Samson, but <laughs> Michigan State fans should be crying in IL because I genuinely think Samson was going to, to to Michigan State until he got that bag. But you yeah, gotta understand, no, like, not every sure. commit that you lose, we didn't lose. Like, we didn't get Kyan Lee from Georgia because of NIL, and we didn't lose whoever the hell we always lose once a year to Georgia. Like, there's always a player in Georgia that commits to us. I can't remember his name this year, but, like, you know, or... Uh, yeah, and even Damon Wilson. Like, Damon Wilson's not between Miami, and he's a Florida kid. It's between Georgia and Ohio State. Like, Yeah, and if he goes to Georgia, it's probably because of freaking Jalen Carter. It's not because of he's getting a fancier car. Like, I think you, I think the NIL thing is overblown. Anytime you lose a recruit, it's immediately NIL. It's like, it's really not. Like, they're, they're very, it's very, part of it. very obvious cases, of course, right? Like, cause why the hell are you going to play for Miami yeah. after five and seven be, season or whatever? But like, yeah, and even with like Mark Fletcher, I can't even blame a dude for wanting to stay home if he's going to get a bag. Like, I can't yeah. like, like maybe he did get a bag, but he's from there. He literally could have just stayed. Who was the, I don't remember his name. You, you're better with recruiting than me. Who's the guy that's staying at like uh, Bumfuck, Texas? Or, no, 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 Florida because his mom wants him to. Uh. He's like oh, saying like UCF, McDonald, or, like UCF yeah. or something like that because his mom was yeah UCF. They not paying more than us. It's not. It's not always nil. Like I think we also kind of have to get away from the doomsday thing. But I don't think yeah. the foundation's helping because they bought into it because they're probably not broke. But they saw people talking about it, so they're like, oh, let's hype them up. Let's try to see if we can get some money out of this. So then it makes us even seem even more broke, and more just, desperate. <laughs> and now people are saying, oh, you can't go to Iowa State and get money, and like. Guess what? You still can't come to Iowa State and make twenty five million dollars without being a first round draft pick. Like, yeah, that's always the case. CJ Stroud had a freaking billboard in Times Times Square. Square. CJ Stroud bought his entire team suits from Express. Have y'all been in Express? If you haven't, go to the nearest one and tell me how much check the price tag. And I I didn't say starters. I said the whole team got a suit. Whole team. Let's let's just let's just assume it wasn't walk-ons, but it most likely was. It most likely was. Let's yeah, assume it like, wasn't walk-ons, right? Okay, I think well, he said it was well, $200, was, right? Just, yeah, I was just listening to – and he's like, he got an NIL deal to take his offensive lineman out. Like, there are NIL deals off, yeah. all, all over the place. Like, it's not one-size-fits-all sort of things. Like, yes, you want your foundations to be able to, like, shell out some cash. But, like, if you are recruiting a player – and this is, like, an honest question for you listening. If – Money is a defining factor in a recruitment. Is that the type of player you want in your culture? 
Just it's an honest question. And this isn't to like knock someone who wants to go make money. This isn't to knock them. That's your choice. But if it's $250,000 and play at Ohio State or go to a school that has no background of developing your position into first round picks for $200,000 more, like, you can't I mean, knock I, them, but that's also not a culture fit. Yeah. So I have two things on that. First of all, I did the math on 85, even though it was more, because I doubt he just said, screw the walk on. Uh, I think it was a $200 voucher. Maybe it was more. But let's just say $200 times 85. That's $17,000. CJ Stroud, at minimum, spent $17,000 for his team to get suits. And it's probably more. Let's say he did the walk on. I don't know how many people are on the roster, but let's just say yeah, 100. 125, I'd say. Oh, you want to do 125? Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It's Ohio State. $25,000. Just for suits. For one game. Just just go get suits. Like, you know what I'm saying? But to your point, you think insurance on a G Wagon's cheap? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially, first of all, we're men. Men's insurance doesn't get quote unquote cheap until you're 25. You think insurance on a G Wagon for a 20 year old? He's probably 21 now, but he was 20 when he got it. Come on, bro. Like, Can't even nah. run a car. <laughs> Literally. Um, to your point, since we're talking and we're rambling now, think about the difference between LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo Anthony. Right? LeBron took less money to win a championship. Carmelo took the money every chance he got. Now, Carmelo is a great. He's a legend. But what is he not? He's not a champion, and he's not remembered as fondly as LeBron and D-Wade and Kobe and some of those guys. His talent level matches that, right? Carmelo is nice. Carmelo is nice, nice. Like, he's one of the best to ever play. But what did he do? He played for Denver, and he took the bag to go play for the Knicks, and he never won anything. And that's just one example. We can all think of other examples like that of players. And that's like, think about like these players, right, and these sports who go and chase the bag. Like, it just kind of is what it is, right? And I'm, yeah, I am pro chasing the bag. We're pro chasing bags. Yeah, very pro chasing the bag. I think when Carmelo yeah. was in was in New York with all that money, living his best life, and going all these, I think he pretty much enjoyed it. I really think he did. Yeah, I don't but think he cared all that much about not getting rings until he was like 37. There is not going to be another chance, honestly. Yeah. So it's, it's it's just like there's a difference, man. And like I know people laugh at culture and say stupid stuff, but that really does matter, man. It really it really yeah, does. And, and, and I, I mean, there's so many numbers being thrown around, and until all these taxes come out, because these operations run under 5013C, so we're gonna get it. There's actually gonna be a legitimate ability to see the money. Like that's real, uh, and we're gonna learn some stuff. Absolutely. Um, I just think it's overblown. I, I think Ohio State is probably struggling from the foundation department, but I don't even think that should be their plan from the jump. Like that'll be helpful. That could be stuff that could help you sustain a roster a little bit. But you, I think the best case Ohio State can do is to build out a team of uh, marketing agents that are paid through the program, paid through the school to help facilitate NIO deals with businesses because when you're which is at which they, State, have. they have that it's they hired an athletic director or something of NIL like they already did that they were one of the first to do that they have someone that's there to facilitate and things like that and they'll probably expand and this is you know we probably need to move on and I'm not that old but this is the old school in me I, I just don't care I don't want to pay a kid two million dollars and I've never seen him play you know what well, I yeah, like 
I like when Emeka Ekbuka has maybe $10,000, and then in the first three games of the season, he goes for over 100 yards in all three of them, and in, in between week three and four, you see him at the car dealership with a new car because he earned it, right? I like when Cage Stover goes for two touchdowns, and now he's tweeting out things. Like, I like when Michael, like, earn it. Like, just do it. Because like, as soon as you have a big game, you will get as soon as Michael, Michael had two sacks, you know who was calling him? And I helped companies. He got a car. He got this. Like, literally, we watched it happen. Like, you see these dudes break out, and immediately you start seeing sponsors' tweets. You start seeing Chipotle. You start seeing them at the car dealership, all these other kind of things. I don't want to give you this money, and you didn't see it. Let's be honest. I just want to ask. I just want to ask. Has Quinn earned his money? He started this yes. year, but Did was, he was he special? Was he special? He was average. And, and this is not a negative and that's, because he could be very good next year. It is very hard. He hadn't played in two years. I'm not trying to disparage him. I, I don't like talking negatively about players. And a lot of Ohio State fans did that because he left. I'm just asking. And like, to be honest, did he earn that money this season? Uh, he, he did not. You know who earned the Lamborghini, though? B. John Robinson. Sure as hell did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, it, and it, that goes back to like the roster construction aspect. Like, what happens when like a five star recruit gets two million dollars, and then like players on the actual roster aren't getting money? Like, that's what I Miami. think. That happened with the yeah, basketball like, team when they wanted that transfer. Everyone left. <laughs> like, it, it's it's not it's probably it's not it's not as big a problem as people are making it out to be. It's just we're in that point of the. It's not the off season, but we're in that kind of dead period between like actual football being played and bowls. Yeah, and I don't want to continue on this because we have some other fun things to talk about. So, the last thing I'm going to say about it: uh, uh, Eagles Super Team, Dream Team. No, were they super? Did they call themselves the Dream Team? They call themselves the Dream Team, uh, right? Yeah. Do you remember the team I'm talking about? I cannot. With like Nambi, with like not they got they so in like 2011, 12, whatever the Eagles got every expensive free agent ever. They got Nambi yeah. Asamoah and all those guys. They called themselves the dream team, and they did absolutely nothing. You don't build te- like if we're if we're professionalizing college sports, right? Name a team that's won a championship through free agency. You can't. You get that dream team didn't do it. Like you, you yeah, can't they- like. And maybe maybe the, the closest example. No, the closest example that and they took less. That is free agency technically, but they did take less money. The closest example you have is the Rams, right? But most of their best players most are homegrown. Trades one. Most of the best players are homegrown, and you could argue that Jalen Ramsey kind of because his best careers were there, and he was still young when they made that trade. Aaron Donald, they had Jordan Fuller, all these other kind of guys, uh, and then they added at the top once they already had it kind of built. But also, look at what's happening to the Rams right now. And I just putting this out there: Sean McVay is retiring or taking another job after this year. And you want to know how I know that? Because his entire staff is leaving, and I think they're leaving because they know Liam Cohen, yeah. McCullough, or whatever. <laughs> Is, he went right back to Kentucky. They had a dude go to Stanford. Like they're they just getting like they just what, Rashad, away at the uh, stack. Rashad Cam- Sample or Campbell, uh, uh, young coach Stample. He, he, he's he going to Colorado. Colorado. Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. I knew he was. Oh going, no, yeah, he, Arizona State. He's on Kenny Dillingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Arizona State. Right. Same conference, basically same area. They both have mounds. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, you see what happened to the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford might retire, too, if he's smart. Because he's, uh, he he's dealing with the neck. He should have retired last year because, you know, championship. Uh, you watch it. You should always go on top I was of the off if he retired last year. But we all had to watch this year. So. <laughs> but he's dealing with a neck injury. What are you playing for? So, like, yeah. So, like, it, it doesn't typically work, right? It just doesn't. Like, yeah. name, the, name yeah. the transfers on Georgia's roster. And they, they might win back to back. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something we, we still got to talk about later is the transfer portal because I think that's getting overblown too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about that. I'm going to give you a precursor to my feelings on it. Uh, 90% of those people are in the transfer portal because they suck. There's very, like, the guys you take, I think I said this last week, so I'm going to say it again. The guys you take in the transfer portal is Dante Cephas from Kent State. The guy who played at Kent State, his coach left. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He wants to do that at a higher level. You know the guy you don't take? The five-star who went to Texas A&M for a million, for a million dollars and got caught smoking weed in the locker room. Yeah, you don't take, you take right? Like you don't take the guy who. I'm sorry, you don't take I, the people who transfer from Ohio State because most of them aren't that good. I mean, the guy who went to Toledo played great. I lost his name, but like you don't typically hear from a lot of them. Dallas right Gant, right? Dallas Gant played amazing, but like one of them went to Kentucky, right? North Carolina, and was getting with a lot, a lot of touchdowns. And it's like, hmm, hmm. Wonder why he didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that seven? That's not his name. Seven went to LSU. I don't, I don't even recall him playing, honestly. Who went, to, who, who went to Kentucky and was just getting bullied? Like, he allowed, like, a uh, bunch of touchdowns early in the season. Not Kentucky, North Carolina. It, I don't think he transferred. It was Tony Grimes, though. No, no. There's a guy that from Ohio State. Remember we talked about it. Wasn't that Kentucky? Is he in Kentucky or North Carolina? There's a guy who transferred... And, like, early in the season, we were texting about it because he just kept giving up touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's Marcus oh, Williamson wow. doing? <laughs> He's in Texas, right? No, that's Ryan Watts. Oh, I don't I don't know, bro. Like, at this point, I'm, I'm not, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, man. I, I, that's what it was. I knew it was somebody. Oh, Let's legend, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was not doing well. Yeah, no. you're right. That's why yeah. he's out of sight, out of mind. I only remember the good ones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was messed up. <laughs> that was, uh, tell, us, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, that was shots fired. Hour nine minutes in. <laughs> but, but to that point, right? You don't take the guy who couldn't play here for multiple years. You, you take the guy who bought out at the FCS level and wants to jump up. Right, like yeah, so. like like all the most successful transfers were from the G five up, not usually the other way around. Like, yeah, the Jameson Williams ones are more rare than like the other way around. Like where it's his yeah. small school guy going upward. Two of the you rarest know, transfers that you want to take is both went to Alabama. It's so, and Jameson Williams, and they just don't yeah. like they don't happen that much. No, yeah, and like J- like Jameer Gibbs was a, like an elite running back at Georgia Tech. Like you obviously take yeah. that guy. He just didn't want um, to be a Georgia Tech anymore, and he should have never. This is there, right. Like you, can you, you take imagine Ford Addison, sure, but you don't take most of these players. You yeah, remember when the state fans are like, "We don't need Jordan Addison." Like I'd like Jordan Addison <laughs> right now. Would you imagine Jordan Addison? Stupid. Um, 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, uh, I couldn't even, I couldn't even say anything else. Like, we just, don't need them. <laughs> just, just, I, I was just thinking to myself, I, like, although people are saying that about us for saying we didn't need Eli Ricks. And I feel, I still feel justified about that. I still that. feel good about that. Like, yeah. what's, he's not in the playoff. Yeah. You know who you don't take in the transfer lost to, They lost LSU. Like, he yeah. lost <laughs> He lost the transfer. Hey, did he even have a good year this year? He didn't start playing until, so. like, the seventh game. Yeah, and he got arrested in the offseason and all that kind of stuff. You know so, who, don't, you know who I, ends I, up in the transfer I, I feel like we the players are pretty good. With Louis luggage. Those, those, those are those – are, I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louis. That's who's in the transfer portal, right? You don't want those guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's what's it, Louis Futon, the fake stuff. <laughs> That's what Colorado's got right now in their roster. If I could play on your football team and the record wouldn't change, aka one and eleven. Yeah, you're yeah. not on Deion Sanders' roster. No, no, uh, those, those not the guys you want. And that's what ninety percent of the portal is. Right? Of course, you get some, you get some guys. Right? Like, like occasionally you get a Devin Leary. Right? Like Devin Leary, you take him. You do, yeah. but like you don't take the third string quarterback from wherever that ended up in the portal. Yeah, like, and it used to be like kind of that opposite where it's like before the transfer portal was a thing. It was like guys who were older who just didn't really get an opportunity to play. So you really didn't know. And like, you weren't taking those guys because you knew you were taking those guys. Cause you needed to like, you hope you were hitting on something. And now it's like, you, like that's the thing. Like we were, we, I, I don't know if like people caught on to it. I was joking. Like a lot of the time when a player would hit the transfer portal, I'd be like, Ohio state's going to get after this guy. Uh, that might be a disservice to you guys, but um, that's just how it is. That's like, how people are it's like are they going to take a look it's like uh, what's the necessary like reaction to this like why do we need to take a look here yeah um you don't you don't um speaking of transfers though just just quick question this is an off-season conversation but just quick question yes or no uh 2023 you know for the starting quarterback jack miller i know he's starting uh, yeah honestly honestly uh it might be. Uh, and he got shot. injured this year. He got injured this year, so he redshirted at Ohio State. He, so he may not like, don't get he me wrong. Like, redshirt and have like three years left. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Anthony Richardson is built different. Like he could do stuff that is not necessarily. Uh, he could do stuff that's not really human, but he can't do it consistently. No. And if Jack Miller could provide any semblance of consistency, Billy Napier is known for like having some very quarterback friendly offenses. So I'm excited. I think they're gonna win their bowl game with Jack Miller at the helm. I don't even yeah. know they're playing, but I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some money down. I like Jack Miller. I do too. I think uh so it may not have lasted the whole season, but I think if Jack Miller was healthy, he like he would have came in a couple of those games. Like to couple, replace yeah, at least. But like they were on their third and fourth string guy because Jack got injured and was essentially out the whole year. But yeah, uh, 2023, Florida starting quarterback, Jack Miller. Be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Yep. I'm here for it. All right. What else we got? Uh, we got some momentum in recruiting. We'll just do some quick hits here. Uh, Ohio State gets their quarterback in the 2023 class. Lincoln, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to go with Kineholes, Kienholes. Uh, we'll go with Kienholes. I think that sounds best. Uh, South Dakota, TF Riggs, 
He's climbed from 879th in 24-7 sports composite in June, so six months ago, to 202. That is 677 spots in six months. That is 100 spots a month. That's incredible. Is that school named after Tim Riggins? Uh, Might as well be after watching the, like, highlight tapes of this guy. (laughs) Um, T.F. Riggs, man. I I don't know. I mean, everyone was posting a... Everyone was posting the highlights like he's a good athlete, he's big, he's fast, he could do a windmill dunk. Like All I gotta say I like my court I like when my quarterbacks can windmill dunk. Yeah, I I'm gonna say this a million times, right? Any parent any parent listening to this, any younger kid listening to this, do not specialize. Play other sports. Please and thank you. That's it. He's a three-sport three athlete. He is great. You don't have to do that. At least two. But play other sports, please. Thank you. Yeah, and, Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Like a big reason he is recruiting. So this was like a big reason C.J. Stroud's recruiting took so long to ramp up because he was playing basketball through his first three years of high school. And then uh, one more. Who was it? Uh yeah, no, it's incredible. Like, this dude hits home runs. He threw – I think he threw a no-hitter in high school. Uh, his basketball Dude. team won the state championship too. Like, yeah, no, this dude is, like, living, like – like, you only have this type of life in TV shows. Like, this is, like – it's really what it is. Like, he's living, like – it's, like uh, – I'm trying to think of the character. Uh, I can't. I, I'm my brain's mush right now, but he's good. He's good. He's good. And you know, it's hard to really fully evaluate someone playing in South Dakota, but I don't know. There's some like natural athletes out there who can just do it, and I think he fits that very, uh, very effectively. That category of just natural athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. He's just a depth piece. He's just a depth piece." I don't maybe, think so. Maybe, but yeah, Ohio State's I, not really the place I, to kind of just get people right. Like, I say, doesn't bring in depth pieces. Like, not everyone's going to start here. Clearly, it's just not possible. But you don't come here if you can't play here, right? And like yeah. we talked about with Devin Brown, like you have to kind of be a psycho to to come here and be like, "Huh." Five-star, five-star, highly recruited guy that's a good athlete, and the number one player in the 24 class. Hmm. Like, you, you got to really think you're something and have – you got to have a little something uh, to want to to deal with that circumstance. So, um, off of that alone, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Not, not saying he's going to start yeah. here, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, and think he could have easily taken the easy route, gone to Washington, started after Michael Panix Jr. in a very quarterback-friendly offense – but nope, he said, got bigger fish to fry in Columbus. And that's uh, that, like, once you brought up that competitive nature of Devin Brown, I thought about that. That was a flip. Like, he made a decision based on it and ran into the competition. Yeah, and, like, what? Uh, um, I'm, I'm always losing names right now, but um, Michael Penix Jr. has one more year left. You go, you sit behind Michael Penix Jr., and then you're the starter in your second year. That's very that's very intriguing. Sounds pretty good. Know? Washington's not a bad school. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. 
right. Um, next on the list, uh, Jeremiah Smith commits to Ohio State. Receiver, number two player in the class of 2024. I don't really think we need to get much into this. Brian Hartline does it again. This isn't really newsworthy anymore. No. It's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't want to be facetious, but like, cool, thanks. Cool, yeah. All right, let's get to 2025, Brian. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was that? All right, last thing on that. Luke Montgomery tweets development greater than money. Ohio State's broke. <laughs> <laughs> broke boys. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if they're actually broke, but I will say, like, if, like, I don't know, man. I, if I was Ohio State, I'd be, treat, I'd be, I would be, um, I would be pushing that if, as well. If anyone ever like said like if every time Ohio State gets called broke by someone else I just tweet out that like our current players in the NFL are making like a billion dollars literally uh, but yeah no, I think recruiting that's fun big week uh, we got we got a few more shows for that I don't want to waste the Georgia content so I threw this in here get it close to the game yeah you know. uh, but All right. All right. Yeah. Now that we've talked about the recruiting update, big time this year, you know, coming down. Uh, the most recent thing, we just got some updates. The on three RPM tool has Ohio State still the favorite to get Matayo Uangalele. So I don't know how much that's going to work. Um, there's no new expert predictions, but if you trust this RPM tool, Ohio State still in the driver's seat. Love that. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I heard the he might go to USC, but, like, why? Yeah. Look at what and they then, did for uh, Apparently, Oregon's going after DJ. Uh, have fun with that, Dan Lanning. You want a job? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe they think they could do well, DJ what they did with uh, – Well, I think Bo Nix is better than DJ from the jump. But oh, also – That's interesting. DJ, I would be mad at that. DJ also had to play for Clemson. True, which is not great. Yeah, if you're not showing up in an already finished product, you are not growing into one. That's just facts, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You didn't tell a single lie there. Not not Um, a single lie. Yeah. It's bad out here. And like you said, you 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 flipped me on the Cade Klubnik success real quick. That was North Carolina. Like (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's done that against them. Except DJ. So I guess that says uh, Uh, that says something. all right, that's uh, math checks out. If you're if, all right, so this is something too. Like, if you're in the transfer market for a quarterback, and I don't want to like disparage a player, I really hope he does well in his next location because that would really just make me happy to, you know, have another jab at the Tigers, right? Right. You probably don't want to bank your whole future on DJ. Mm, I think I would agree with that. Uh, so would you would definitely, you would at, at minimum, at minimum, need to have another option. And I don't like I, again. I don't pretend to know what's going on with other people's things, right? I, I just I don't. But that they they don't seem to like that young quarterback that 
Ty Thompson or something like that, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, well, he wasn't their guy in the first place, so. Well, the last staff didn't like him either, so. He wasn't their guy. Who the hell guy was he? He was Mario's guy, right? I, I think he committed to him before Mario, I'm pretty sure. Like, he was one of those. Well, if no, Ty Thompson, too, I think he's it still is. He's second year or third year. Yeah, if Ty Maybe Thompson, too, I think he is. He's been a Oregon commit for, like, a long time. Oh, okay, yeah, he went to Mesquite, Gilbert, uh, committed 2020. Uh, yeah, he must have been a Cristobal guy. But we know, like, Cristobal, yeah, come on, let's not talk about him. Yeah. Non-serious coach. But also, if you're, I just looked him up on 24-7 Sports. If your comparison's Brad Kaya, like, that means you're a mid-Division One football starter. Like, Yeah, I think you got a point there. Uh, I definitely, I definitely think you got a point there. Um, but yeah, let's get into some other news. Um, news might take some. We might go on some roundabouts here. But Todd McShay, let's start there. Uh, I always put it in there. I'm like, is Todd McShay just a racist? Like, <laughs> it started, like Jalen Carter character issues. Jackson Smith and Jigba healthy enough to play. Where is he getting this information? Uh, why are you discrediting like two players who have like worked really hard for their success? More is going to come out near the draft process. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like character issues are hard because college football teams are so good at keeping things under wraps. Right. But in like the age of content, like if you're a bad person on a college campus, like people wouldn't know about it. Yeah. And like what are the character issues? Like I really want I really want to talk about it because like think about it. that happens all the time, right? It happens especially with like like it happened like there's a good defensive lineman or offensive lineman from the south that comes out whose name goes up the draft and it's immediately character issues every year. And the guy's always black and so and it's just like well what are the character issues? Like like what like I'm not saying that none of them have character issues, but what are they? there are players who have been in the news for character issues like that one's very obvious like i don't see georgia fans tweeting out like oh yeah jalen garter was at like a frat party he stole all the beer and like yelled at some students like i don't know like you see that stuff like when shea patterson was transferring from old miss uh, he got into an altercation outside of an Ole Miss fraternity house because they wouldn't let him into the party because he announced he was transferring. That's character. I, like That's a little bit of a character flaw there. Yeah. And that was public. And that's a small thing. That's not even big fish, right? Like, that's small. That is such a, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, that is such a small story. And, like, that is still something NFL teams look into. And I feel like if there was a player – who had definitive character issues, like, that's something. And, like, when you question someone's injury status, when you say stuff like that, that's questioning the character, man, and that's not cool. And, like, I think this is the biggest issue with the draft. Um, Like, your sources, if you're telling Todd McShay something, Todd McShay I don't think is the brightest dude, number one. And number two – if you're telling Tommy Shea something, it's to benefit you. It's to get it out there. Uh, yeah, if I have the 14th pick in the draft, you know what, Jalen Carter? I think he's got bad character issues. And then he falls to 14. It's like, yeah, no, I think we did our full evals in the draft and did uh, found nothing. Yeah. 
and, and I just think like I understand like and that's the thing about ESPN that's why I hate ESPN ESPN has stopped caring about being right and they care about being first and so there's no integrity to their journalism there's no integrity they just literally say whatever they want to like yeah. the other ESPN guy saying that uh, you know or was that the same guy Adam Schefter right have, no uh, well he's bad too I'm talking about the CJ Stroud uh, was that Todd too or was that Mel? Uh, I can't remember who that was. Either way, they all suck. They all suck. Everyone that works at ESPN that breaks news sucks. They're insensitive. Yeah, and- they don't care about being right. They they don't you know they don't consider the impact that they have on players' careers and their finances and things like that, uh, and what that means to their families or to them personally. They just don't care. They just kind of say things, and that's annoying. Yeah, and I think it's the disrespect two weeks in a row. And, like, uh, the reason I was thinking about Adam Schefter here is because, like, it's very clear that he gets information from players' agents and, like, from coaches' agents. Like, that is a conflict of interest for someone reporting news, but he's not reporting news. He's reporting what those people are telling him, and that's now very clear. And – that's kind of how you have to start looking at these people at ESPN because it is competitive. It is a business and uh, people want to have their opinion out there so they can like control the narrative. And that's something that people who are following the draft need to start. Like, I don't know, holding these people more accountable. Like why, what are the character issues? Someone asked that, like there's no response to that tweet ever. No. It's always like this kind of like vague thing that nobody ever, you know. And there's never, there's never any proof. There's never any identification. There's never any follow up. They just say it and let it go. Just let it fly. That is, it's just very disingenuous, and it's very, in my opinion, very. It's a disingenuous industry, honestly. Yeah, but you make a million mock drafts, honestly. Yeah, it's just kind of like, what do you expect, right? Like, you like every single year, one of, if not all of the black quarterbacks are going to be jumped by a white quarterback that's not as good, and it's always going to be, he just has, he has intangibles. He has, he has the size, while the other quarterback has processing issues. He can't read the field. He's not really a leader, i.e. how Zach Wilson gets jumped over Justin Fields. Imagine just like I just saw a t- I saw a tweet because they just had an amazing draft. Ten, <clears throat> 10 of the fourteen NFL Rookie of the Week honors have went to Jets. They went to Garrett Wilson. They went to Sauce Gardner. And they went to another guy I don't know. Imagine Justin Fields on that on that team. That always playing right now. That Jets like, team like, would just, be scary. But instead, they're dealing with childish Zach Wilson because he was the white golden boy, and Justin Fields couldn't read the field. Like, are you are you serious? And they're going to do the same thing with CJ Stroud. They always do. Like, you know, and <clears throat> if Will Levis was a little bit closer, if he was just a little bit closer, I, I could see them jumping him over CJ Stroud. I don't think it'll happen. I think the he's gap still is might, too honestly. wide. I mean, yeah, honestly, because, like, I thought the gap was wide between Zach Wilson and and, and Justin Fields, and that didn't matter. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Like, the draft evaluators, they suck. The teams suck at drafting. They they get into these stories. They get into these things. um, And it hurts people. And that's how these, 
you know, stories get to like take off because they take off because someone's paying attention to them, right? Someone's paying attention to them and they, and no one should be paying attention to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't, I can't really, there's nothing really more you could say, honestly. It's not a good industry. It isn't. And there are people who do a good job of evaluating players and projecting their rounds, but mock drafts aren't real. Um, like every year, Mel Kuyper makes his mock drafts and people grade it and he goes like 28 for 32. And it's like, this guy makes way more money than he should for doing what he does. Yeah. Uh, all right. And the other news, we've got All-American update. I put that in here. You've been keeping tabs on this pretty well. Um, what, Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. is the – he's unanimous – Yes. So uh, I'm just going to waste 10 seconds on this because I didn't know this. And that's partially why I've been following it. There are two things that make you an All-American, uh, a unanimous or consensus. They're based on five uh, agencies. Everyone does All-Americans now, like the Athletic, CBS, PFF, all these other kind of things. The five places that, that determine your consensus and or unanimous are – the Walter Camp Foundation, Associated Press, Sporting News, American Football Coaches Association, and Football Writers Association of America. In my opinion, the only ones that matter are Walter Camp, um, uh, American Football Coaches Association, and Football Writers Association. Associated Press is garbage most of the time. And who the Boom. hell even knows what Sporting News is? Do you know what Sporting News is? Yeah, Sporting like, News I, is I one of the oldest like sports news magazines. In the United States, so they still they're just there because they're the oldest, honestly. Yeah, literally, like they shouldn't be there anymore. Anyway, I would rather replace them with PFF if we're being honest, and you know how we feel about PFF. Yeah, um, that's true. PFF, I, honestly, the Athletic, um, <laughs> but a lot of like a lot of the writers for a lot of these sites are part of the FWAA, so it's like really, and that's also something that's interesting to me because a lot of AP voters are also FWAA members. I- so it's like they're voting for two of the consensus things, and I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, but I think the thing with like the FWAA is it encounters more people. Where like I've yeah. seen like the because I've been following it, I've seen like the voting for the other ones, and like the Associated Press and stuff. The, it's like ten people voting. Yeah, because like like, they like, have not everyone like. So yeah, that's how with the FWAA they have every member cast their ballots, and those ballots form a list that goes to a selection committee, and that's like the like ten or twelve be, board right? members of it. Walter Camp Foundation, I'm guessing, does something similar. Same with the football coaches, and then the Associated Press and Sporting News are just media outlets that just kind of pick things. But yeah, either way, we don't have to continue down that rabbit hole. We understand there's a lot of crap in the media, so. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Can, is a unanimous All-American. He got All-American by all five of these. Um, just a thing is in this article I just want to say, Ohio State has produced 37 unanimous All-Americans, and we've had four in the last four years. So that's been crazy. Uh, Wyatt Davis earned it in 2020, and Chase Young and Jeff Okuda both earned it in 2019. Marvin Harrison is the first wide receiver i think or the second wide receiver ever to be unanimous um and then uh paris johnson jr uh is consensus unanimous is all five consensus is three of the five um the other all americans who are not uh first team or not consensus uh tommy eichenberg got second team on 
six of them. If consensus second team was a thing, he'd be consensus. CJ Stroud got second team on three of them, which like, come on, like that's actually kind of a, that's kind of big for a quarterback because like, like it's only one quarterback per team. I still think it should probably be two, yeah. but it's only one quarterback it per team. It should probably be two. If we're being yeah. honest. And then Dewan Jones got first team by CBS, second team by AP and Sporting News. And like, I, I don't want to disparage Dewan Jones here, but AP and Sporting News, neither one of them included CJ Stroud, but both of them had Dewan Jones. None of the other ones had Dewan Jones. Like, are you, you are you kind of seeing the trend, right? Like AP yeah. and Sporting News also didn't have Tommy. I, oh, like, I, like, like, it's just it's kind of like this would be, be a fun activity that I'm not going to do, but would be fun is like evaluating the age demographic of each of the five consensus votings. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Uh, and then the last one, uh, Ronnie Hickman got second team on the Associated Press. So uh, overall, there's six uh, six players. Um, who got some sort of All-American yeah. honors, uh, a unanimous All-American, which is huge, and a consensus All-American. Paris Johnson Jr. had a great year. Uh, we talked about it a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about it in the offseason. He lived up to the hype. So. He will be an NFL player next year. Most likely the first tackle off the board, unless someone falls in love with Peter Skarnacki, but a lot of people are saying Peter Skarnacki is a guard. So. I, man, I pay attention to way too much draft coverage. I just like roll yeah. off the top. So following a bad football team. That's what we yeah. do. Yeah. Freaking Colts. Hey, at least your team has draft picks. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh coaching season. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be sick. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, they are a quarterback away. We're like we're at like six right now. And like, it's just like, you know, I'm not pro racist. What's his name? Like, You're. You know, Chris like, Ballard, no. man, he just yeah. wanted to go with like the stable, sure thing. But like, it's like what you said about the transfer portal earlier. It's like they're quarterback free agents for a reason. Like, you don't become a free agent quarterback like ever because you're good. Like, like you just like you just don't like. Who was the last good quarterback? Who, who was the best quarterback to hit free agency? Kirk Cousins. And like, where does he fall? Middle of the pack. Yeah. Right. He, like he's and, and at it was still best, a surprise like the eleventh best quarterback, and he's at worst like the eighteenth best quarterback, and, he, and he's closer to eighteen now than eleven because of the young guys in the league. Before Joe yeah. Burrow and, and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and all those guys, he was close to eleven, but he just keeps getting pushed back. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, the draft. I, I'm glad uh, Fox Sports posted that Ohio State had five AP All Americans, which was the most in the country. So that's that's big time. This year was a success in a lot of ways. There's just that one yeah. big albatross on it. Yeah, and that, can't forget. That's, that's the hard thing with being an Ohio State fan. And like every category in the series, like one loss, you know, like if, that, if that loss would have been to Notre Dame, how would you be feeling, right? Yeah, if that loss was even to Penn State, like. Yeah, and we still and we won the Big Ten and like I think Ohio State's one of the few uh, places that still cares about a conference championship. I'm glad Georgia still cares about the conference championship. TCU's Mac, Max Duggan almost cried because they didn't win the conference championship. And I've been arguing with people and like promoting that like people do still care about conference championships. We need to stop just looking at the, the college football through the playoffs. And I think this year kind of showed that because we're upset because we didn't win a conference championship and we lost to Michigan. And, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, what's the next one we got on the list here? Travion's foot injury. He announced he's shutting it down. Um, it's probably for the best. For a lot of reasons. Number one for Travion's health long term, getting him back. Uh, foot injuries aren't easy to go back from. And the fact he's played as much as he has on the injury he's had is pretty impressive. Uh, but for, I don't even know if this is selfish reasons, but for game management reasons, it's probably for the best that Travion shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's very much an off-season conversation on, on what we feel about Travion, but this is not um, – I think my opinion on him is changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, and this – I don't want to say this to like scare people, but of all the running backs in the room who might leave, I think he's probably at the top of the list. Yeah, especially because I think if Maya leaves, he'll go to the NFL. Yeah, Which if mine doesn't leave draft for, into the fourth round, but like, yeah, if mine doesn't leave to go to the NFL and he's there, and you have Evan Pryor coming back and down Hayden, uh, Travion Henderson in his third year. I'm not like I don't want to like put words into a dude's mouth, but you could go and you could be the definitive number one back at what 120 other schools. Are you talking Trey or mine? Trade Oh, both, but like, yeah, but, I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, he's not from Texas, but who's Texas is running back? He's on Gleeman. Yeah. Like, uh, North Carolina. Just, he's, well, he's from Virginia. Uh, he's not going to play for either of the Virginia schools, but um, mm. North Carolina needs running back. Oh, they lost Phil Longo. I wouldn't go there either. Yeah. Who's yeah. Texas running uh, back? <laughs> like, what yeah, right. And like, uh, like, it's just one of those things, like, and I don't want to, like, put something out there that's incorrect. This is not off anything. It's not a basis of anything. It's just, like, my general, like, like gut feeling. Like, I don't see mine going to the NFL. I don't see Evan Pryor transferring. I don't see Dallin Hayden leaving. And those three backs are going to be looking for a lot of run, right? Um and you could do it with three backs. And that's the thing. I don't know if Travion wants to split it anymore losing a whole season. So um, it's just something to think about. It's something I don't want to put anything negative out there. I'm not saying I don't like Travion. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying looking at the entire situation, I can see it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to put this out here, not for us to talk about it. I just hope I remember in the offseason. Dallin Hayden gives me um, – um, gives me J.K. Dobbins vibes, and yeah, I just for think sure. not the fastest, not the biggest, not uh, the most athletically gifted, but he's a baller. Yeah, absolutely, and I think yeah, I mean he's a little. I don't know. J.K. was a little small, a um, little he's, bit more shifty. I think Down's a little like, bit more JK upright, really quicker. Shifty. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't even. I, I guess I want to clarify. I don't mean their running styles. I mean their profile. 
Like yeah. neither one of them, you know, is Travion, is Zeke. No, and, I get what you're saying. No, yeah. like they don't like, run the same. They're all the different backs. But like the, but the way that I, they from can like be a trajectory standpoint. Yeah, and I think the way that they can be effective is the same. It's just about being a baller. Like because it's not yeah. because they run a four three. It's not because they're the shiftiest person. It's not because they're Derek. It's it's just they they know how, they can read, they can cut, and they fight for extra yardage. And if they break the away, they make games it hot. But all like about feel. Yeah, and then I think like I mean, uh, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins just got caught in the NFL in a long run, and I said, "Oh, that looks familiar." <laughs> but yeah. he, still, he still picked up forty oh. yards. <laughs> He's just not getting the touchdown. Like J.K. If J.K. wasn't getting the touchdown against Indiana, he's not getting the touchdown against the NFL. <laughs> but, yeah, so, somebody's catching up, but still, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The running back room is going to be interesting. But the reason I'm like saying this is like now Ryan Day can't run him for the first quarter like 15 times into a brick wall, and then right while well, he's injured. It, yeah, so uh, that's for the best. But he still uh, can run okay. shit at Dallas. So yeah, not to bring that up, like. It's not. I don't have a problem with him running chip. I don't have a problem with him. Get, I have a problem with him not going back to the run game when you've got a back running for six yards per carry. Yeah, but, that's the yeah. issue of it. Like Mayan was averaging four point eight yards per carry. We didn't see him either. It's like if you have two backs running for five yards a carry, like you're doing something right. Stick with it. Basically. But yeah, his reasoning for not playing down—that's the issue. Yeah, Ryan Day. And then oh, blaming we're running Alfred. the ball great. I think we should run it. I, I, we're running the ball great. I think we should pass every time. Yeah, what? Like the first drive of the game, Chip Trainum had like 40 yards. He was averaging like eight yards per carry. Like, what changed? Oh, you stopped running the ball. That's what changed Ryan Day. Come on. <laughs> <sighs> game flow. I hate that term. Like, I don't hate the term, I just hate the use of it in that situation. Well, I, I, I you control the game flow. You call the plays. Yeah, and he just doesn't identify the game flow at all. <laughs> it's that thing. Like you, you can't really have like as a head coach, you're worried about so much. You can't really have a feel of the game flow. Or you might be over. It's a different conversation. All right, uh, a few transfer offers went out. Rhode Island offensive lineman uh, Johnny Cornelius. Uh, I think he fits the exact type of. Pro- All three of these guys do. Yeah. UTEP offensive tackle Jeremiah Byers. Tulsa offensive tackle Dylan Wade. Uh, you know, three linemen who could probably play all four spots. Um, yeah, and all you know. played at. Oh yeah, I'll fit that offensive line profile for Ohio State. I'll have success. Major position of need. They're doing work in there. I, I really don't have anything else to say about that. Yeah, I, I just want to highlight that you know, hint, hint. These are the guys that you want. The guys who Tulsa is not getting me to the NFL, but I've been a two year starter. UTEP's not getting me to the NFL, but I've been a one or two year starter. Rhode Island's definitely not getting me to the NFL, but I've been a two or three year starter. And I like yeah. that. That's the guy you want. A lot of experience. They just want to get up to the NFL level, right? Brandon Bowen, right? That's his name. Yeah, you had Brandon, Brandon Bowen, Bowen, Jonah Jackson. Jonah Jackson. What? No, 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 no. Brandon Bowen got a transfer. Jonah Jackson, too, I'm talking about. Brandon Bowen was just a oh, yeah. six-year guy who was injured a lot. Jonah Jackson, right? Yeah, That's Brandon who, Bowen feels like a transfer for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Jonah Jackson. Those are the types of guys. Tanner McAllister, right? Um, those are the types of guys that you want, and I think these guys fit the mold. Fill and, an immediate need. 
better than everybody have in the room. Because yep. I honestly don't know what this defense would have looked like if Cam Martinez was playing the yeah, nickel the whole sure. And I'm, this is, again, off-season conversation. I know we keep saying that, but we're so, so close. This gives me life because we talked about the depth and not really liking it and what Justin Fry was going to have to do. And Justin Fry, like, not being passive um, and, like, we need some guys. We don't have any true tackles. We're not going to do this makeshift thing and make Donovan Jackson a small tackle and that kind of stuff. That, that you know, gives me hope for the future. Like, this guy's going to figure it out, and he's going to fix the problems of he who shall not be named. Absolutely. And that's really all you can ask for. And I, I respect the uh, – I respect it. I respect it. That's the type of thing I want in my offense coordinator. Yes, absolutely. Love that for him. Love that for us. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's it for today, I think. I think we got into everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, Next week, we're probably going to refocus our attention to Georgia. Like, that's going to be our full game preview. We're going to break down everything. And then the show after that, I'm assuming, is just going to be our normal Friday before a game type of show. So... Be prepared for it. Hopefully we have some big news this these next few weeks. Hopefully we get some awesome stuff to talk about in the buildup. And if not, we're just going to break down some stuff. So we will see you guys next time. Any final thoughts before we head out, Jordan? Uh, yes, I do have a final thought. Now that it hit me. Uh, next Wednesday, signing day. So when we record on Thursday, we'll have some things to talk about. Yeah, we can have some big things uh, to talk about, too. Yeah, uh, you know, Chris is going to put on his recruiting hat again, and we're, we're going to talk about some players. We're going to uh, talk about the new lifeblood of the program, or we're going to talk yeah. about Ryan Day being fired because he signed, like, the you know, sixth yeah. best class in the, in, the, in the country and let Notre Dame sign a better class, which yeah, I'm going to be joking when I say it. But if Notre Dame has a better class than us, I am going to say fire Ryan Day. But since y'all always pick up on when we're joking, I'm just going to tell you a week in advance. Yeah. I respect it. Um, yes, yeah, any day. I'll put my recruiting hat on. That's how That's how much I'm locked in on recruiting right now. I forgot it was signing day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to but, Google it like a lot. What's time if you're wearing the cap? No. Yeah. I've worn the cap, I want to say, three times during the actual football season, and that's a lot for me. That's a lot. Um, yeah, where you almost so, take it off in, uh, in the summer because there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, no. There's nothing else to talk about. But I, we got nothing else to talk about today. So you guys follow me at Chris Rennie CFB. Um, you follow the show at Buck Off Pod. Where you find you, Jordan? You can find me at Jordan W330. And if you like my work, thank you. I will be coming up with a Big Ten Bowl preview sometime over the weekend or early next week. Absolutely. Uh, Bowl Mania starts tomorrow. Enjoy it. And we'll see you guys next time. Good bucks. <laughs>